It's the Sportzilla Show. Who's it going to be? He's thinking of it. in this matchup. Roman Reigns with a right hand to McIntyre. Oh, there's a lot of power, but... Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. That was straight up the most self-serving open in the history of the Sportzilla Show. Outstanding job to the boss, to the glue guy, Matt Page. Oh, buddy. I actually had five minutes to do something. Oh, my goodness gracious. That was fantastic. (laughs) None of us knew that, that he had freshened that up, including... Uh, the Royal Rumble from Sunday night. Am I correct? That's correct. Okay. And then Edge returned. I saw that yep. the Rated R Superstar. You heard all about that. It was a very emotional Sunday. It was. Yeah. yeah it was It was a Sunday, man, wasn't it? It was the weirdest Sunday in my recent memory. My name is Rain Scoop is here. The glue guy is here. We are Facebook li- on Facebook Live at ESPNUR if you'd like to watch because we have a special guest in the studio. His name is Leon Etienne. He is... Is America's rock illusionist is really, but Magic rocks, and that's why he's here. But he's got a hometown show, and recently, in recent memory, they've been up at the Turning Stone, Leon. And this is the big yeah. show you're doing this time here. It's been a while. Yeah, since. so it's been exactly six years. So February first, uh, two thousand was it thirteen? How wow. am I Fourteen. Since, since you've technically yeah. performed in Utica since itself, since we did the big Magic Rocks full Grand Illusion show at the Stanley, we sold that sucker out. It's been six years, which seems impossible wow. to me, by the way. Um, and now we are bringing the show back. To where I did my very first stage show in Utica, the MVCC Theater over there on the Utica campus. We will be doing a 3 p.m., a 7 p.m. show, and it is the first time the Big Illusion show has been in Central New York in six years. I mean, I've seen it at the Turning Stone, but this is different. This is still the hometown. It's still 25 minutes away. It's in your backyard. You get a chance to go see mom, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sleep in your own bed. Sleep in my own bed, man. You, how many, a luxury. How many a days luxury. a year do you spend on the road? You know what? Yeah, it does depend every year. But I think uh, the max we've done before was like 43 weeks before. And there's um, 52 ooh, in and a year. And there's 52 in a year. Yeah. Uh, and then this past year, we did about 40 weeks on the road. And when you add it, add it all up, I mean, it's like, I don't know, it's like 20 nights in your own bed or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a ridiculous amount of time on the road. Yeah. You just live in a suitcase. Yeah, you do. You live in suitcases. Road cases become, you know, you, you, you travel with your food. It's it's crazy. And of So course, the best bed that you've ever slept on? Yeah. Is it your own bed? It is the best <laughs> bed ever. Although some of these hotel chains, man, they, they got some nice, some nice, nice beds now. But nothing beats your own bed because it, it's form fit to you, right? Yeah. You broke it in. Leon, yeah. Leon, from Utica, New York, though, over, over the years now, yeah. 
that you've been doing this. And you really started as a, like a 12 year old performing in babes and places like that. But just rattle off the top of your head five or six of the different countries you've performed in. Uh, I've been in China, France, Germany, uh, Ireland, uh, Wales, which is an obscure one, right? Uh, England, uh, of course, all almost all the states here in the in the U.S. I just was in Hawaii literally yesterday. I flew in. I've, I'm jet lagged and uh, was in Hawaii for the first time this past week, and that was incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what's that's it a like few. doing a, a magic show. In China, with a language barrier, I, I mean, yeah, the, some of that stuff is optical illusion, and that translates yeah. no matter what. Yeah. But, but is there a translator a lot- there talking it through? So for media appearances, yes. Um, but what, I was in a place called Macau, which is right near Hong Kong. It's basically the Las Vegas of Asia. And I had two things going for me. One, as you mentioned, magic is a very visual art form. So people get it. You don't really need much translation for that. But also being so close to Hong Kong and the people that were visiting this Las Vegas of Asia, uh, they they're affluent. So they know both English, most of them know English and Chinese and several other languages probably as well. Um, But also we kept on purpose. We kept the dialogue very simple. You know, we we cut out some of the, the fat of the actual verbiage and language and kept it more visual for that reason. But we would find after the show, most people would come up and be pretty fluent in English. Hold, wow, how about that? Hold, I know. Hold the magic hands up for me for a second. Hold yeah. them up so the camera. We're do I do with these at ESPN UR <laughs> on Facebook. You can like the page. You can watch. We're Facebook Live right now, so the video's there. But but also, once you mentioned, oh, he's going to trick for you. There it is. But take a look. The hands. I go, can Facebook. see a slight bit of of tan on the hands yes. from the sun in Hawaii. Now yeah. that you say it, because yeah. like, I was looking at him like. He does look a little bit darker than usual. There's so he, a little little golden sun kiss there. Check this out on Facebook Live. Ready? Yeah, where, where he's doing a trick with a pen that I have, and it's gone. And there it is. That's amazing. Some stuff I, for the people online. I have. I'm Thanks privy, for tuning in. I'm privy to some to the inner workings of, of the show a little bit, but I've I've sworn a secrecy, and I, I promise I'd never say a word. But I've told you this before. I tell you this every time. I and still I don't know how that. Hell, he does some of this stuff. Because of you and your repeated reaction to that, I've actually considered selling tickets to the wings, like the side <laughs> of the stage, because I think they'd be fascinating seats. Because you started by telling me that, but over the years, I've heard more and more people who have introduced the show and get to stand on the side. They go, it's a great seat, and I still have no idea how you did it. And so it's almost like we should sell a backstage experience it's, to the show. I Watch be like a magic a VIP show. Experience? Right. Worth, Watch a magic show from behind and still don't know how it's done. Let me verify for you. It is worth every single penny. Mrs. Rain's also seen it too. And she's never told a living soul. We were just like, this is unbelievable. And you're so good to my kids as well. And they've seen the show a bunch of times, but you're now part of the MVCC, the, the cultural series. Yeah. They're coming back to the hometown. I know. Kind of you a know, nice distinction. This is a nice story, right? So I remember when I was a student at MVCC, which is where I learned stagecraft. My very, you know, my very first the- theatrical teacher was there. And I remember going to the cultural series when I was a student and opening my eyes to the world outside of central New York. Absolutely. They bring in all these great things from around the world, these lectures, these movies, performances. And now I'm very, very lucky to be one of those acts. And uh, yeah, this Saturday, 3 p.m., 7 p.m. And guys, 
The tickets are $10. You can't bring a family of four to any entertainment venue anywhere for 40 bucks these days. MVCC employees, five bucks. Yeah. And uh, students are free. And students are free. So let me give out the website again. It's mvcc.edu slash tickets or by phone. I'm going to repeat it twice. 315-731-5721. That's 731-5721. You can also go to magicrocks.com. You can go to your website get information there, learn a little bit more of the background. I mean, for those that don't know Leon's history, it's remarkable. America's Got Talent, which I watched, and I was actually Nick Cannon in the trick yes, that we were, were alluding to. I got to be Nick Cannon. Penn and Teller fool us. Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Howard Stern. Heidi Klum are like, oh my God, this guy is amazing. Tell them real quick how Howard is responsible for bringing you back. Yeah, so th- throughout my uh, journey on America's Got Talent, Howard was my champion, right? And then one night during a live show, live on TV, I hear an X go off, and I happened to be in a box at that time, so I couldn't see who hit the X. And then when I got out and finished the performance, I was shocked to see it was Howard that X'd me, and then the very next night I was eliminated. But... A few weeks later, he then I took his criticism to heart because it, he it, what what he was critiquing actually made a lot of sense to me, and he was right. He was I deserved to be off the show, but then to redeem myself, he brought me back as his wild card pick, and you know was a true champion of my performance. So Magic Rocks, America's Rock Illusionist, Leon Etienne in the studio with us, the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at ninety six point five FM. You know, you did a couple of tricks for us in studio, and I. Still don't know how you did that. Yes, I love it. You guys got to check that out on Facebook Live. So that's, yeah, that's where I'm going with this. So we're on the Facebook Live page right now for the station at ESPNUR. You can watch. So Leon has already done two tricks in studio. He's going to do one right now, again, bringing the camera in. And it's crazy. You see a big performance on stage, the show itself, but now you have the sleight of hand, the most intimate form of magic He's doing it right now. So check this out. You can see this. I have a ring on my finger. It's pretty shiny. Matches the show costume. And if we slide it off, when I let go, it'll actually jump right back up on the finger. (laughs) And what's really cool in Facebook land is watch this even closer. I mean, it doesn't get any more perfect than this. Can I interject? interject? I'm watching this from behind. And I don't know how he just <laughs> oh, did that's that. That's perfect. That's perfect. It's great. Again, you're watching from behind. I love it. And guys, look, this doesn't get any more cleaner than this. Watch this on Facebook. You take the ring, you squeeze it. You use the magic marker like a magic wand. You wave and the ring goes. And then you can take the marker and cause the marker to go. And then you can get the marker back. And if you hear that inside the cap, your marker that I borrowed is actually... The ring from my finger. And Facebook, everybody always wants to say, if you were here in person, could you look at the ring? Could you touch it? Could you feel it? And you can. You just got to remember, though, it always jumps right back on the finger. Get out to MBCC this weekend, guys. 3 p.m., 7 p.m. Let me ask, since you burst on the scene, obviously you're into this. What other magicians, illusionists, mentalists have you made friends with, befriended, uh, become acquaintances with? Yeah, there's all kinds of people. Um, one of my favorite performers are obviously Penn and Teller. I've been on their show because they they are just great guys. They they treat you the way you see them on TV. They care when you're on their show. They want you to be successful. They They've got want their own to little fooled. weird angle too that to they magic do. that they do. They're, you know? they're brilliant. They really are. Um, and then there's so many other uh, guys I've been associated with. Um, I, I obviously look up to David Copperfield to this day. He's still the legend. But um, I uh, one of the main 
performers that I truly love watching is a guy no one knows in America. His name is Juan Tamarez. He's from Spain and he just blows my mind. So a guy from Spain is okay. my, my real idol. I want to have you talk about your opening act that you're performing with in just, oh, yeah. in just a second. But I, I first have to interject. So I don't know, six weeks ago, a month ago, something like that. And, and Leon has been in with me over on K-Rock numerous times. We've put podcasts out and things like that. But I, I got a chance to talk to Chris Angel and it was a number of months ago now. And if you want to go yeah. and subscribe or find Rain, the Raincast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, all that shameless plug for you're like toilet thing. paper. You're everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> but in the in the Chris Angel interview, I asked him or I mentioned and brought you up. You did. And I had told you about that. But you were on the road. We were corresponding via text. You were on the road somewhere in the middle of performing and things like that. And. So finally, we get to a month or so ago when we're corresponding yeah. about setting up today. Uh, roughly how long ago was it? Yeah, it was four months from the day you sent me the interview. I got to finally sit down in a coffee shop in San Diego and I listened to the whole thing. And I get a text from him and he's like, hey, I finally listened to the Chris Angel interview. That was amazing. <laughs> I just couldn't believe you did it. It's like it's like we say around here, like everyone local helping local. You figured out a way to work me into the conversation with that legend. <laughs> and it wasn't and just I just was sitting in San Diego. I had this huge smile and headphones on. I was like. God, he did it. Like, it almost gave me chills, man. Well, well, it was more than just a name drop. It wasn't like I just dropped the name in. Like, I broke it down for Chris Angel. And so we ended up having a conversation about you. Yeah. But then to think all those <laughs> months later, from all the way across the country, he sits there, spends the time listening. And it was a long interview. I mean, it was 15 or 20 minutes yeah, with was... Chris Angel. And then I get that text, and it made me smile the same way you just did, because I was like, it's just awesome. It's just awesome how close we are yeah, yeah, we can be so far apart. Well, I kept it. I kept it in my, you know, how the feed builds up on your on your phone. I kept it there and I go, I will get to it. And when I did, I just want to make sure I will let you know how much I appreciate it. Because, man, you've been one of my biggest supporters since I got started here. I remember approaching you at a K-Rock-a-thon years ago. Oh, yeah. And I was like, hey, man, I'm a local magician. And you you didn't give me the typical like, oh, yeah, whatever. It was like, oh, OK, uh, maybe I can use you for something. Or if you're doing an event that I can promote, let's promote it. And you don't forget that stuff you know 15 20 years later you don't forget that because without guys like you and they're very few and far between believe me in the in the area uh who knows what would have happened well now it's your chance to uplift somebody else tell us about your opening act at the performance at mvcc on february yeah, 1st so three and seven show two shows two chances to see leon two chances to see Jimmy Ichiana. So Jimmy is actually a local boy. He's from Herkimer. Boy, he's a man, grown man. Uh, local kid from Herkimer, New York. And believe it or not, when I was in college at MVCC, I had a summer job where I taught magic at a performing arts camp over the summer. And one afternoon I was in the library and the librarian comes up to me and says, hey, my son Jimmy is in Herkimer. He's in high school. He's got nothing to do for the summer. Uh, he, he loves doing magic. Would you hire him to come work at the camp with you? And that's how I met Jimmy. And Jimmy in his own right is a phenomenal magician. He's been on Penn and Teller Fool Us. He has been on uh, Masters of Illusion, and there's another show as well. He filmed for America's Got Talent, uh, but it never aired. And those of you that behind the scenes, you know, sometimes that that kind of stuff happens. Sure. But he's actually been on Penn and Teller twice, and I love watching Jimmy. So you can add that to one of my favorite uh, performers to watch. And it's just awesome because when we were kids, we talked about something like this. Man, man, would it be great if one day we could be doing big shows and, and, and help each other and bring each other in? And that's exactly what we're doing. And he's also now helping me as a consultant on a TV show that will be coming out this summer as well. So TV we're living... D. 
Yeah, we're living our, our, our boyhood dreams, you know, and just making it come true. Well, I've, first of all, thank you for the kind words that you said about me, but it's, it's rewarding for me just to sit back and watch you achieve all of this success. I'm also grateful that every time you're back in town, you make some time for us. I know you make the media rounds, but always make a point to come in and visit with me, whether it's on K-Rock or, new on, or now on my new journey in radio and sports talk radio. You're always welcome in the studio. I know the guys had a blast. I think everybody around here roots for you to do well. You know, it's just a Utica thing, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that I would would not be where I am today without the support of Utica, Central New York, the surrounding areas. I remember when people were throwing viewing parties when I was on America's Got Talent and people were going to all these local bars and there were pizza and wing specials. And I mean, just to think about all that all these years later, because when you're in the moment, it goes by so quick. But then you look back at photos and all that, and it's just unbelievable. So and I'm thank sure you're you, getting texts about all that all the time. All the time. All the time. People texting you saying, hey, we're having our own private viewing party. There's people to this day that still will go and rewatch episodes and That's share great. with their family when they're in town for the holidays or whatever. You know, it's you're, crazy. you're the favorite musician of all of the raindrops of all of my kids. That's musician. I can't magician. play music. I said magician. <laughs> no, you said musician. I meant you're, he's, he's actually hey, you're in music. It's okay. You, yeah. He changed your words as they were coming out of your mouth. He's yeah, it was a trick. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a puppet now. <laughs> he's Jacoby Shaddix. He's also of, a ventriloquist. <laughs> he's Jacoby Shaddix of Papa Roach. Yes. Leon Etienne, America's rock magician. Magic Rocks, MVCC campus, Saturday, February 1st. Two shows, three and seven. It's mvcc.edu slash tickets or by phone. Once again, at 315-731-5721. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk to a Utica College alum who has been the voice of the Golden State Warriors for over 25 years. We're going to talk to Tim Roy. Then we're going to talk to Jim Beheim in our 530 segment. And it's all next on the SportsZilla Show. ESPN Radio Utica Rome now at 96.5 FM. And I'm going to sneak this in, too. Got a pair of tickets to the CNY Sportsman Show. All you have to do is call now, 315-768-1310. And the glue guy is going to grab you on the phones right now if you're caller number five. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. So we are privileged and honored, in my humble opinion, to welcome longtime voice of the Golden State Warriors, who got to start in central New York at Utica College. Uh, but for the better part of three decades has had a really unique perspective in the subject that we brought him on to talk about. And it's, I mean, inescapable at this point, but the unfortunate, tragic and sad passing of Kobe Bryant. Um, I mean, you call this entire career every time the Lakers played against the Warriors. Now, I'm sure you have a unique perspective and probably plenty of thoughts that you'd be uh, willing to share with us, Tim. Yeah, you know, it's, first of all, you know, the first and foremost, it's just sad, and you know, it's, it's not just um, you know the Vanessa and the family, the Bryant family, and you know his mom and dad and everything else. It's just uh, you know the families that other families that were impacted. You know, their lives have have been changed, you know, forever in an instant, and not in a good way. And so um, yeah, that that part of it. Is, is heartbreaking, you know, when you're, especially when you're a parent and you think about the fact that, you know, the, the kids on that, that, that helicopter, you know, never got a chance to, you know, get their college degree, never got a chance to get married, never got a chance to do all the things we take for granted in life. And, and, and so that, that's the first thing that, that hit me, you know, that the families that are impacted and they'll be impacted forever, you know, with questions of why, why did this have to happen? So, 
that was the first thing. And then, you know, you think about uh, the fact that there was a person on the helicopter that was kind of larger than life. And to me, it was the, the pictures you see and they show him with his daughter. And, and um, you know, that's a different Kobe Bryant than the one we saw in, in the association. You know, we saw the driven, determined guy who, who walked around with that scowl on his face because he wanted to, you know, cut your heart out in a basketball way. Um, you know, that guy that was so driven, so intense, so competitive, and so such a perfectionist. And now to see him be sort of chill and smiling, you know, you got a better sense of the man, you know, than you did when, when you were, you know, broadcasting games. So, but, you know, the, 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 he had so much that he wanted to do, and it was very public about it after his playing days were over, that, uh, you know, it's kind of sad. You were kind of hoping to see what, you know, the benefits of all that could, could end up being. Tim Roy, the longtime voice of Golden State Warriors, here with us on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. Tim, what was your favorite interaction with Kobe Bryant? Favorite interaction was um, uh, in Hawaii. We were there for a preseason game. And so it wasn't the grind of the regular season just yet. Everybody's excited about the start of the year. And you're in Hawaii. You know, I mean, how could you not be happy there? And we just kind of bumped into him, you know, uh, out and about. Uh, in Honolulu in one of those marketplaces and you know he kind of walked over and said hi and we just talked for a second and and but he was very uh you know he was asking how do you think you guys are going to be this year and he was asking about the one of our colleagues Jim Barnett about how many years he'd been doing the the television and so it um you know it was it was a nice little interaction and it was uh good to see him outside of the arena if you will and and so that that was the the one part and then you know, just watching how many times in in games where, you know, to say the the Warriors in my case would come back and they, you know, cut it to a six point lead against those great Laker teams, and you think you got a chance because they had a lot of good battles in Oakland. The Warriors didn't fare well in Los Angeles too much, but in Oakland we had a lot of really competitive games with the Lakers on, and upset them a couple of times, and so. Uh, you know, and then, then in a lot of those games, Kobe would just take over and, and all of a sudden, you know, he'd hit some shot with a shot clock buzzer sounding and the defense was perfect. He was just better. And so, um, you know, the, the, those are kind of the moments you remember about how, how good he was. You know, you talked about how that was a different kind of Kobe in the association. And you use that phrase, cut your heart out. And I'm pretty sure uh, that was almost exactly what Kobe said before the Lakers had to face the 76ers. And he was returning home to Philadelphia, and he he told the fans there, he said, look, I'm coming back to cut your heart out, fans. And, and, you know, he wound up going there for the All-Star game after that and getting booed by Philadelphia fans. You know, just a a fierce competitor. And is there any moment in his career – Either when they were the Lakers were playing the Warriors or or any of the championships, what are the moments that really stand out to you when you think of Kobe Bryant over his career? Well, I, you hit it. Uh, there was one night against the Warriors where Antoine Jameson scored fifty, and then Kobe scored fifty. It was the first time he had scored fifty or more in his career, and that was a game where both those guys were just locked in back and forth. Antoine get a bucket, Kobe would come down and get a bucket, and. And that was uh, so uh, entertaining and unbelievable all in the same sense. But I go back to, I think it might have been his last championship. 
I think it was, I, if I, you know, memory's a little fuzzy. I didn't look this up or anything, but I remember the game seven against Boston, and I'm pretty sure Kobe was not having a good day. He just couldn't get anything going, and, and shots weren't falling, and they were, you know, they were trapping him. And then the fourth quarter, his teammates got going. And he kind of, instead of being, the, you know, I think an, a younger Kobe would have demanded the ball and tried to take over even though he wasn't playing well. But I think the older Kobe said, okay, hey, these guys got going. I'm going to set them up. I think Sasha Vujicic had like a big fourth quarter, and, and uh, L.A. came back and won and won the title. And that, to me, was really impressive because it just showed me he, the maturity of, of the ball player that he said, okay, this afternoon's not my day, but we can still win this game if I help these other guys. And that, that left a, an impression on me because that's, that's hard for a guy, for a superstar, a guy who's always demanded and wanted that pressure. Uh, that's hard for them to do sometimes, to step back and let other guys, you know, step forward. So we're on the phone with Tim Roy, longtime voice of the Golden State Warriors here on the Sports Hill Show with ESPN Radio. Now, we can go online and we can look at every individual team and their social media accounts and some video of some guys, coaches, players reacting to the news. And it's pretty obvious what the reaction is from everybody at at this just horrific tragedy that's still not really completely sunk in. I mean, that's just speaking from my perspective. But you... You flew with the team to Philadelphia, which is where you are right now, getting ready for a game against the 76ers. And I know there's a lot of conversations that will happen on the team plane, many of them to a man, and they'll never leave that plane. They're private conversations. But what are some of the the recollections that you have of the mood of the team and, and the guys in general? Because I'm sure it's changed everybody's demeanor. It wasn't a typical flight. I'm sure it was the most surreal flight you guys have ever been on, even with everything the Golden State Warriors have been through over the last handful of years. Especially with the younger players idolizing Kobe. But but it's a it's a slightly different team this year also with what Golden State's been going through. For the first time the team has struggled. And then you compound that with something like like this news about Kobe. I just wonder what the feeling was from your perspective. Well, you know, it, was a very, it wasn't a, a boisterous flight, put it that way. It was For a quiet sure. flight. But, you know, at um, you know the other thing, the blessing and the curse of the NBA is that the schedule doesn't wait, you know. So even even though it was a quiet flight, there was a lot of work being done because, you know, coaches had to get ready, broadcasters had to get ready. And so there was a lot of work being done on the flight, but it wasn't like people were laughing and joking and, and uh, it was more, I, I still think we, the, that as a group, we're probably still pretty much in shock yeah. about it all because, you know, Sunday was a numbing day. Sunday was a day I was going to take it easy and, 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 you know, pack at a leisurely pace. And I didn't start packing till nine o'clock at night before our longest trip of the year, because I was just, you know, numb and glued to the television like everybody else. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think I think on, on the whole, uh, pretty much in shock. And I think I think this will be good tonight because there'll be obviously a little bit more of a heartfelt uh, and and you know genuine ceremony here because he, he's from here. He's from Lower Marion High School, about twelve miles northwest of the city here in Philadelphia. That's where the Warriors are playing. And so I, I think I think it'll be good because I think. After tonight, I think they'll they'll have to put it behind them for a while, 
because they have games to play and, and a good chunk of the second half of the season. But I, I, it's going to be a it's going to be a weird week in the association. I don't think you're going to see a lot of uh, chest thumping this week. Have you been by the Wells Fargo Center yet? Because I'm pretty sure I saw it on Twitter last night, lit up in purple and gold. I know a lot of the arenas are doing that. I think I saw Liberty Bell in purple. Have you been by there yet, or did you just get there? Well, we got there. Uh, we got here last night, and uh, you know the airport. You have to literally drive by the arena to get to downtown. And so, yeah, we did see it. And you, from the uh, restaurant here at the hotel, which is like on the 60th floor, uh, it's got views all over the place. You can see it off in the distance there in purple and gold. So, yeah, and there were there were a couple of downtown buildings that were lit up in purple as well. So I think you know it. Um, you know they 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 claim him. He's one of their own. You know he's one of the number of great players ever to come here from uh, from Philadelphia. Tim, I have to ask with the Super Bowl this Sunday. Obviously, I expect a certain answer from you, but who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? Boy, that's a good question. I don't know. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people are thinking because I think uh, I think the whole Super Bowl depends on on what happens with the Niners' defensive line. If they are able to contain Mahomes and get pressure on him and make him uncomfortable, I think the Niners win. But if they can't contain Mahomes and he gets to, you know, when the play's breaking down, he gets that eight 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 yard gain for a first down when you thought you had him. Uh, you know that's that's kind of disheartening to a defense, and I think that's going to be a, a big deal. I, I be honest with you, I'm really not sure who's going to win. I, I I would think the Niners, and and obviously you know being a Bay Area announcer, you got to kind of lean that way. But on the other hand, I look at the Chiefs, and and the problem for the Niners with the Chiefs is that the Niners could be up 17 nothing in the middle of the second quarter and go in you know to the locker room tied. You know, um, because the Chiefs can score that quickly. Uh, you know, you, you, you're one missed tackle on Hill, and he's gone. And so, uh, so I, I, I'm still a toss up. I, I guess I'll have a better answer later in the week, but I hadn't really, you know, really put it to heart, and especially with the events of the weekend. Yeah, that's the thing. You share the Bay, the Bay Area, and and yet the news of Kobe has just made the Super Bowl of all things which dominates the conversation and afterthought for the yeah. past few days. I, I've literally had to remind myself a couple of times that, oh, yeah, this that's this Sunday. That's just now yeah. a handful of days away. It's just, a, it's just a, a tragic, tragic situation. But we appreciate you taking some time uh, to talk to us and, and recollect a few memories with us. Tim Roy is the by, voice. By the way, yes. When- one last thing, if I can. Yeah. Uh, just for the listeners who are in, in the Utica Rome area, we're going to Cleveland on. Let's see if we can get this right. We play. Uh, I think we go to Cleveland for Friday for a game Friday night. And uh, I believe it's Friday night. And so the. Uh, uh, the Utica Comets are in town playing an afternoon game. That's right. Yeah. So I, I, I may have to wander over there. <laughs> and uh, maybe just uh, for old time's sake, just check out a period or so, you know, if I can get the, all my work done. I may have to go over there and just say, you know what? You know what? I used to announce the Comets. So Scoop I, think, and I, I think that's what I'm going to do. Scoop and I host the pregame for the Utica Comets. I don't know if you're aware of that, Tim. I don't know if we, oh, haven't, okay. we haven't caught up in a few months to update you on what we've been doing. But uh, you have joined us periodically over the last handful of years. But we are definitely going to mention that now uh, to the listeners <laughs> yeah. for sure. I may have to go up in the press box. It's actually Saturday. I got my days all screwed up, yep. but um, 
but it's uh, but yeah, they have a one o'clock uh, face off, and then the Warriors play the Cavaliers at eight o'clock that night. So. Uh, yeah, I may have to wander over and maybe watch the first period, see what's going on. So, Yeah, we think that's a fantastic idea. We're going to let everybody know because uh, we want them to see if they can find you while you're there. Tim, uh, grateful for the time, as always. Thank you so much. All right, take care. Tim Roy, voice of the Golden State Warriors, nice enough to join us to reflect on Kobe Bryant, the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio. The Sportzilla Show is now streaming on the ESPN app. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. You can get in the booth, you can get on the block, or you can just listen to us goofballs on the Sportzilla Show. Scoop, the boss, the glue guy, Matt Page. I'm Rain. Nick Gale's in studio with you know, us speaking today. Speaking of Nick, he's a huge fan of Matt Park. He's a huge fan of Matt Park. Love me some Matt Park. He, wait, wait. He's the one that's in the booth around the block. He's in the booth. He's in the booth. Yeah, I'm figuring that all out. Thanks to Tim Roy. Thanks to Leon Etienne so far. And we're going to say thank you to Jim Beheim in just a second because... Scoop and I get a chance to talk to him, and he will be on the phone momentarily with a game tonight in Clemson, which is where we want to go and preview. What were you saying earlier, Scoop? You're going to be looking at a team that's going to be shooting some threes. Both of them. Yeah, really. They both like to attempt the three. And the thing that's interesting about Q's was early on in the season, they relied on that a lot more. But in these last five games they've won, they're getting points inside the arc. They're getting points in the paint. Buddy Beheim's getting more of those kind of points inside the arc. Now, obviously, he's a great three-shooter as well, but uh, in that last game, he only had one three in the first half, and I think that was the only three that the Orange had that entire first half. Nick, tell me something about the Syracuse Orange tonight heading into the Clemson game at 7 o'clock. I mean, it's pretty much all been highlighted. Everything that we've seen over at least the last few hours that's coming out that just... Uh, it should be a tightly contested matchup. I'm looking forward to it, especially with Clemson's big wins earlier in the year. Uh, they beat Carolina on the road for the first time ever. Yes. So they've had a couple big wins. They this beat Duke, Duke, too. They yeah. beat Duke. And uh, this is a good game for Syracuse to show that, uh, you know, they're still in it. They're still t- um, tournament contenders. Is yeah. this a must win for the team? I don't know if it's a must win, but it certainly is a game that strengthens their place in the ACC. They, they're on a nice winning streak. They're, they got a good record. They're up to fourth now overall in the ACC. It looks good for them. Well, just going into the Duke game, um, I love an event. And we ratchet the fever up to just an intense level going into that game if the Orange win tonight. And that just makes Saturday all the more exciting. So, I mean, I don't want to look to Saturday just yet. want to get this win tonight. And, you know, accused good in transition offense. Clemson struggles with that. So that's something to watch tonight. Could be their sixth straight game, uh, sixth straight win in the ACC. After basically giving up the 20 point lead against Pittsburgh, they showed that they could still hold on and get the win. That was a problem for them earlier in the season. So that's something to keep an eye on. And then you win today, and then that momentum is there for Duke. We did have a chance to talk to Jim Beheim, Scoop and I, and our conversation about a pretty obvious subject in the world of basketball. Jim, it's it's a tough day for basketball fans, but for fathers, for, for anybody, really. I mean, it's just kind of a reality check. It's, it's tough to talk about anything else going on with the loss of Kobe Bryant, and I know you've talked about this in other places, but I'm sure maybe you've had some more thoughts or emotions or feelings or things you might want to well, mention about it's him. Been, it's been a tough two days. Uh, Kobe Bryant was not just a great, great player, which he was, obviously top 
group of players of all time, but he was an iconic figure in his relationship uh, with the game of basketball and the city of Los Angeles for 20 years. Uh, you know, he set a standard uh, for all players. I remember when he came to work with us in the Olympics, uh, LeBron and Carmelo, Chris Paul, those guys were young guys, 22, 23 years old. Kobe was a veteran, and he set a standard uh, for those guys um, that they had to really reach, and he did it by his work ethic every day. He just came to work every single day and uh, never, ever took a day off. Um he, he uh, was that kind of a player. It was every play of every day of every practice. Nobody does that. Nobody. And he did it. And he showed people, showed the young players. And when it, we did have a close game in the Olympics with Spain, two-point game, he's the one that took the ball and made the play to win the game. That's who he was. A dominant, dominant player and a uh, unbelievable competitive player. He wanted to win every play of every game and every practice. And it impressed me. It left a lasting impression with me. Uh, he was a great father, really took care of his girls and his family. And uh, he's he will be missed. I, I think the sadness I have even more so from losing Kobe as a player uh, what great things he would do. Really smart, driven guy. Uh, already won an Oscar. Uh, he would do. He would have done great, great things in the world uh, over the next four years. And you know, we we'll, we lost that. So it'll be hard, hard to get past this. It's... We will. It's the nature of life. But uh, he he was a great one of the really great ones. It's the, it's the second act that we were all looking forward to. Yeah. I, I think one of the hardest things for me to rectify is you would mention his daughters. I have four yeah. daughters and I have a four-year-old son. I have five children overall. And seeing him really, really embracing fatherhood, it, it, that's yeah. what's really hitting everybody. And then these seven other people that lost their lives, combinations yeah. of fathers and mothers and parents. And then and I thought about you know having to talk to you today about about basketball or about Kobe or about whatever. And I, and then I read buddy's tweet and I'm like, boy, from a father's perspective, he was so important to buddy growing up too. He was, he was somebody that yeah. buddy looked up to as well. In some degree, I, really that probably brought you guys, you and buddy together, Kobe. Yeah. Well, buddy really looked up to Kobe. He had his Jersey and he met him at the, you know, when he was very young, he met him in, in uh, China uh, when buddy was uh, eight years old and then he again in in uh, London when he was 12, and he got to watch him practice and see him and say hello to him, talk to him, and uh, it was you know a great experience for Buddy and, and for Jimmy. But Buddy really always liked Kobe and the Lakers. That was his team and his guy. So yeah, it's been a tough two days, and uh, we just have to remember the great things and what he brought and what he did for the game of basketball. You know, I'm thinking about that Phil Jackson quote, and forgive me if I butcher it, but Phil talked about, you know, Kobe's 100% being a little different than the other guys on the team, and I think that speaks to that hard work, that ethic that you've 
you've spoken yeah, Kobe of. Kobe was different. He was a loner. He would be by himself a lot. He went to every Olympic event by himself. Uh, he'd go all day and all night, and then he'd come play in our game. You know, it was like the game was an afterthought. He he was at the Olympics for 12 hours a day, and every day. And then he would come to the game or come to practice and, you know, and, and perform. But he loved the Olympics. He loved every part of it. He was uh, really he, – he went to every – I mean, literally – I don't think there's an event he did not go to. And uh, that's what he was. He lived all out. He lived the whole way. Uh, he didn't leave. In his 41, 41 years, he, he lived 80. So, you know, he, he lived it to the fullest. And uh, he set a standard for all of us and all basketball players. And uh, he'll be remembered as long as they play the game of basketball. Jim, uh, then the last thing that we'll ask you today, yep. and we really appreciate the time and the wisdom. Uh, you got to have that Mamba mentality. You got to move on. You got to strive to be great. And you do have a basketball game to play yep, tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be ready to play. And Clemson's a great team. And every game in this league's tough. And we'll be ready to go down there. And simple as that. Let's yeah, go. It's, it's one of those ones where it's kind of tough to talk about anything else. And thanks again for the time. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. So... Jim Beheim with his thoughts on Kobe Bryant. Been a heavy, heavy subject to talk about for the past couple of days. Players are unofficially switching numbers now, like Spencer Dinwiddie, for example. He went from eight, changed his number, I think it was to 26, because if the league's not going to retire the numbers, like the Dallas Mavericks said they're going to the number 24, then I think they're going to do it on their own in a sense, where like we're just not wearing eight or 24 anymore. Nick Ailes? I can say the, the Utica College Pioneers, they're playing a basketball doubleheader today. Um, the men's team, they started their game a little while ago. My friend is broadcasting that game. They left, um, I don't know whose number it is, but uh, 24, their jersey left out for the game. That's fantastic. Syracuse Orange has been tweeting uh, some of the players wearing their Colbys today uh, as they're getting ready for Clemson tonight. Obviously, we just talked to Coach Jim Beheim, Sports Illustrated ESPN Radio, Utica Rome, now at 96.5 FM. We have a pair of tickets, though, to wrap things up for tonight, and we'd like to give out a couple more if we could. So the phone number, 315-768-1310. That's 315-768-1310. Why don't we take the fifth caller and the 10th caller? And like we did a few segments ago, the CNY Sportsman Show at the Callet Civic Center in Oneida this Saturday. It features outdoor businesses and clubs and free seminars and mouth displays and things like that. If you're on the phone, those are yours. Sports Illustrated Show back again tomorrow at 5 o'clock ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now 96.5 FM.